Are we on here? But thank you for that, ladies, and thank you for being here tonight. Uh, we have the little prayer meeting afterwards, and we're going to go through the building, so I won't be long um, this evening. And if you uh, are one of those, when you, you, you look at the scripture we're reading and you try to figure out where we're going, how many of you are like that? I guess I'm the only one. I'll hear a pastor reading through the scripture. I'm like, is somebody being tormented? Just kidding. Uh, and I try to figure out where they're going. If you looked at this chapter, I think you can figure out where we're going. It's not that hard. We're going to talk a little bit about prayer. Okay. Uh, next week, of course, we're coming to the end of this, uh, this, this campaign. The, 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 the commitment part and the giving, upfront giving part. Of course, it's a campaign we go throughout the whole year, but we're winding down to the end, and of course, next week, we'll, we'll take our cash offering, we'll make our commitments, um, but when we look at what God's work requires, there are several things, right? It takes uh, whether, and I'm not just thinking about the building, I'm talking about just doing something for God uh, it, through our church. It takes, a, it takes labor, right? That's, a, that's our physical consideration. We figure out, you know, what do we have to do and, and where is my place to serve? And we have so many different ministries around here. And I would encourage you, if you're not in a ministry, find your place. We have so many different things we can do and, and we're only limited by, by having enough people. And, uh, and I'm not trying to spread us out too thin in the things we have going on. We don't start something until we have enough people, but I'm thankful we've started a few things and, and that we can reach out. And then there's a giving aspect. That's just, that's, that's, a, that's a, a personal consideration. Uh, what, are we, what am I going to do? What is my part in the giving? But it, we, never, we never can forget that this is, a, um, this is a church, right? It's a spiritual deal. And that's, a spiritual deal doesn't sound very smart. Uh, it's, a, it's a spiritual thing. And a church can't lose its focus. The focus has got to be on the, the spiritual. What did Jesus say that the temple was? He said, it's a house of? It's prayer. And sometimes churches can lose their way. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I read an article. I get these articles from these leadership guys sometimes. And, and he made a good point. He's like, don't lose your core focus. And he mentioned that he was living in a city and he drove by uh, the local hamburger spot. He said it was a really nice hamburger place, well known. And he goes, and it was 20 degrees outside. And they had put up a sign that said, for sale, bags of ice. And he thought, first of all, it's 20 degrees. Second of all, I'm pretty sure they don't want to be known as a place that sells ice. It's a hamburger place. And he's like, he did the math. He goes, well, let's just see. If they sell it for $2, and I'm pretty sure it's a high profit item, you know, a buck fifty. he goes, they're probably only selling 10 to 15 bags a day. It's a hamburger place. Well, the church is not a hamburger place, except, except when the Baptist bros grill, right? Is that Daniel? Uh, they're pretty good, by the way. A church is a spiritual place. And we ought to be on spiritual things. That's why as we are looking this week to, to what God's going to do and, and, and what he's going to bring in and whatever he brings in is going to be a help and a blessing, we don't want to forget about the spiritual aspect, the prayer. We're focusing on prayer this week. Of course, what we'll do after the service, we'll all go through the building and look at it, and then our Sunday school classes will split up together somewhere, and we'll just briefly pray for, for a few minutes. We'll have the, the prayer cards back there for you. We're going to have a week of prayer starting tomorrow, and I hope you'll join us. It's just 10 minutes. We're asking you every day. You pick whenever 10 minutes you want. Take that 10-point prayer card. We passed them out this morning, or get one tonight, and pray each day for the building. And then the day of fasting. 
And I know it's hard. You know, some of you are like, I'm not going to, you know, you don't eat on Wednesday. That's what fasting is. Okay. By the way, um, I think the Muslims, they have a different form of fasting. It's, it's, it's Ramadan. How many of you have ever heard of that? You know, they, act, they, t- they talk about these athletes and like, he's not going to be good for the game because it's Ramadan. Ramadan just means you don't eat during the day. So, I mean, as soon as the sun goes down, go ahead and eat. That's not really a day of fasting, but we're asking you, don't eat. Take that 24-hour period. If, if you can't do like, you know, I know sometimes we're like, well, I, I ate dinner on Tuesday, and I don't get to eat again until breakfast on Thursday. That's a day and a half. Okay, if you can't do that, figure it out. Do 24 hours. But let's fast, and let's ask God to do something great in our midst, not just on the offering Sunday, but through the building and getting it done and having a great summer. We're, we're getting into summertime. I'm already, I'm already ready for summer. Now, in the chapter we looked at, I'm going to be super brief tonight. And really, I could, you could, there's five or six messages in here. I just want to give you a quick, quick outline of these particular things on prayer so that we get what Jesus was saying about prayer. Prayer was important. This is the sixth out of seven times in the book of Luke that Jesus talks about prayer or is praying. The next time he's going to pray in the book will be at the Garden of Gethsemane right before he is to be, uh, he's going to be crucified and be arrested. And so he teaches some very important things in this chapter. In fact, I see five things that he's going to share about prayer. He shares it through the practice, the, the prayer that he is doing. He shares it through his principles, and he shares it through a couple parables. And so I want us to see that. Let me briefly give you these five thoughts that Jesus shared about prayer. First of all, Jesus shared a performance of prayer. Look at verse 1. It says, And it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Uh, You know, if if he was going to have a seminar on prayer, this chapter would have been it. This would be a, a great deal of his teaching. But before he had a seminar, seminar and pray, prayer, he prayed. He set the example. He showed his disciples that he prayed. And a motivating factor in his desire, in his disciples' desire to learn about prayer was the fact that they saw Jesus pray. He set the example. We are to be Christ-like, and one of those things we do is pray. Prayer is all throughout the Bible. We know that. I'll give you some verses real quick. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. There should never be a time when we're not, it doesn't mean we get on our knees and pray 24 hours a day. That'd be hard. It just means we never stop praying. And wherever we are, whenever we are, if something comes up, we can quickly stop. And in our minds, like Nehemiah did on several occasions, we can pray to the Lord. Philippians 4, 6 says, be careful for nothing. It just, that means don't worry. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, that's the asking with prayer, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. You know, maybe the reason we worry too often is because we pray too little. And, and so he says, don't worry about, and he's not saying be irresponsible if something's going on, but he's saying don't worry about it. Bring it to prayer. Bring it to God. Ask for himself. Ask for his help, I mean. Luke 18, 1, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Keep going, he says. Romans 12, 12, rejoicing in help, patient hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant 
in prayer. Always ready to pray at a moment's notice. In Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. What is he trying to tell us? That prayer is important. It wasn't just important that it was a principle in the Scripture. It was important enough that Jesus set the example and created desire for prayer in his disciples. But secondly, Jesus not only prayer shared a, a performance of prayer, he shared a pattern of prayer. We know this well. Look at verse 2 through 4. And he said unto them, when ye pray, say... Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now Jesus isn't saying that you take that exact prayer and every day just pray it verbatim, word by word. Okay? He tells us in another place, you don't do that. But what he is saying is, he's giving us a pattern. There ought to be some elements or certain things that are a part of our prayer life. By the way, that's why we have a prayer list. And there are certain things that ought to be included in that prayer list. Now, you can get down and pray without a list. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's good to have a list of the things that God wants you to pray about so you don't forget. And so he's showing us some things that are important in prayer. This is like a pattern. These are things. He shows us that prayer is really just a form of being submitted to him. He said, when you pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Isn't that what the girls, the first, well, the girls that sang, they were all girls that sang today. The first group that sang, didn't they, didn't they sing about God's will? You see, why we, when we're praying, we're not praying for what we want. We're praying for what God wants. It's his kingdom. It's his will. He's in charge of our family. And so we ought to want what God wants. And, and by the way, there is nothing wrong with us praying for things that we need or things we feel we, we, we really need or we would like to have. Nothing wrong with that. But if God steps in and wants something different, we need to be in on that. We need to say, God, here's what I want, but, but Lord, if that's not your will, then Lord, give me what I need. We're too quick to want what we want. And this is based on our relationship with him. He's our father. As John said, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God. So when we're praying, we're not just praying to God, we're praying to our heavenly father if we're saved. We're in his family. He cares about what we want. So we pray for his name, for his kingdom, and for his will. Someone has said that prayer is not us trying to get man's will done, on, done in heaven, but that we, that we may get God's will done on earth. Many of us have a hard time praying. You know why? We already know what we want. And we don't want any interference, and we try to turn everything to make it God's will, and so we won't pray about it. He also tells us we should pray for our provisions. Give us this day our daily bread. The thing is, when we look at our provisions, what we have, we tend to take credit for them. Pastor, I go out and work. Do you know, Deuteronomy reminds us that even the strength we have to work comes from God. The job we have, God gave that to you and God could take that away from you. That doesn't discount if you work hard. Don't get me wrong. Some of you, you work hard and you work like a Christian and God blesses that and you've got raises and all that and have, have at it. But let's not take credit. <clears throat> when we are praying for God to provide for us, we truly understand stewardship. 
Because stewardship tells us everything we have comes from God in the first place. Give us this day our daily bread. Listen, I know for a fact, I've been there, there's food in our refrigerator tonight. I don't have to pray for that. But you know what? God can rip the carpet out from under us. And I'm going to ask God, hey, can you provide for us? Maybe that's why he provides for us in the first place. You know, it's like most people, we don't pray until we get to the bottom. Maybe if we prayed, we wouldn't get to the bottom. Now, sometimes we pray and we get to the bottom. God's trying to teach us something. But sometimes we're at the bottom because we're not praying and asking God for the things that he wants so desperately to provide for us. So when we are willing to ask God to meet our every need during the day, we understand stewardship and that everything comes from him. He tells us about forgiveness. That's part of our prayer, verse 4. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. You know 1 John, right? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. You say, how do I confess my sins? How do I know what I've done wrong? It's super simple. Get on your knees. Lord, I need to ask for forgiveness. And you know what happens? God brings those things to your mind. How many know what I'm talking about? Or here's one. Now, you've never done this. You're way more spiritual than I'll ever be. You get on your knees and, and there's something on your mind and you're just going to blow through it. How many know what I'm talking about? And it's like, I really need to, to deal with this. It's like, no, I'm just going to set it over there and I'm going to go forward. You know, I'm going to soldier on. And God's like, hey, dummy. I don't know if he calls me dummy, but, he, you know, he called me whatever he wants. He's like, are you going to deal with that? Don't pray. Deal with what I'm, I'm, what's on your mind. And you have to deal with that. Now, here's another thing he says. Not just asking for forgiveness. Are you really? Are you ready? But we forgive everybody else. See, forgiveness towards this, for, towards others. We know, and there's verses in 1 John. I, if I love God, and hate, if you hate, you know where John says, if you lo- say you love me and you hate your brother, you're a liar. You don't, you don't love God. That's a tough one. See, we can't have ill will towards somebody. That affects our prayer life. We have to have forgiveness. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, he says, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, here's someone going to the altar, and they're bringing a gift, and while they're there in this spiritual act, he says, and their remembrance, and their rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. Here you are coming to, uh, to, to bring a gift to God. You're doing some spiritual service and while you're doing that, it comes to mind that someone's upset with you. Now, I'm gonna go by the context there to mean that you probably did something or something happened between you it wasn't just that they're mad at you for no reason God said you know what put your gift down don't give it right now you go first and try to get reconciled with your brother now I know there are times we tried to get reconciled with somebody and they're not having it but it shouldn't be because we don't want it and it shouldn't be because we don't offer it and it shouldn't be because we're not available for it because that affects our prayer with God and so we ask for forgiveness and we, we make sure that, that we're not only receiving God's forgiveness, but we're giving it. And then he talks about a prayer for protection. I'm sorry, a prayer of guidance. And lead us not into temptation. We want God to lead us every day. By the way, the majority of us that get ourselves in trouble and face stuff each day, you know why? It's because God's not leading us. God's not going to lead us into trouble. Now, there is a temptation that comes as an everyday part of just living your life, 
That's just, that's just the society we live in. But some of us, we're getting right smack in the, in the middle of it because we're not asking God to keep us from it. Well, I'm, I'm spiritual and I'm tough. I can handle it. I'd rather avoid it. Avoidance is better than having to deal with it. And so he says, Lord, to get us away from there, you know the, the bumper sticker, lead me not into temptation, I can find it myself. How many of you know that one? Okay, and that's probably, a, a, there's a lot of truth there. But I want God to guide me in every way in my life. See, because if I want my will, what's going to happen is I'm going to end up putting myself in a place where I'm not supposed to be, and I'm going to have a temptation I shouldn't have had. I want, I want that every day. Pray for God to, to, to lead you out. And then he says protection, deliver us from evil. By the way, we need to understand it's everywhere, don't we? I mean, evil is just taking over this world. I mentioned the Dodger thing this morning. I forgot to mention that group that they're having. Their motto is, go and sin some more. Mocking the scripture. They, they have a guy nailed to a cross and they do wicked things while he's on the cross. They mock they have a girl, a guy dressed like a girl who's supposed to be Jesus. This isn't about alternative lifestyle. This is, this is about wickedness and evil. And maybe if Christians would pray about these type of things and stand up, by the way, it'd be, all, it'd be a lot better. But we need God's help. We surely do. And the, we've all heard of the prayer of Jabez. First Chronicles 4.10, here's what it says. In the middle of all that genealogy, Jabez jumps out. And Jabez caused, called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. I'll take that. Enlarge my coast. And that thy hand might be with me. And then he says, And that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it might not grieve me. And you know what happened? And God granted him that which he requested. God's on board with that. God's on board with being a part of your life. And so there's the pattern of prayer. Thirdly, he shared a parable of prayer. Let's just read through it. I won't spend a lot of time on it. I will take the one thing that Jesus wanted us to see out of that. Look at verse 5. And he said unto them, which of you having a friend, uh, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight? Say, Pastor, you are my friend? Yes, but I'm not answering the door at midnight, amen? And say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is coming to me and I have nothing to set before him. So he's coming to this friend. It's, his friend shows up late at night and he wants to feed the guy and it's midnight and he goes to his neighbor next door and he's knocking on the door. Here's what the neighbor says, and he shall within shall answer and say, trouble me not, the door is now shut, my children are in bed, with me in bed, I cannot rise and give. And he goes, hey, it's late, leave me alone. I'm, I'm translating here, okay? But I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. I mean, it's late at night and he's going to keep bothering him, but finally he's like, look, the only way I'm going to get him and go to bed is just give him what he needs. He's not doing it because he's his friend. He's doing it because he wants to go to bed. And he's bothering him. Now, we're not bothering God when we pray. But there's a principle. You know what God's saying? Be persistent. We quit too easy. And God, God will, God's hearing us. And see, what we want is God to just answer without us praying again. I mentioned, I've mentioned before in the past, the first time I went to a, a, our church passed out a prayer list. And I was a new Christian, I took it home. And they said, pray over the list. And there was like a whole page of prayer requests. So I thought, super spiritual here, I got this. And I put it down, and I looked at it, and I said, Lord, I have no clue what any of this is. 
but you know every single request. Lord, take care of it. Amen. Didn't mention one person's name. Didn't mention one instance of what he's talking about. Okay, now God probably looked at me and said, okay, the kid's ignorant. He'll, 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 he'll catch on later. But the point is, we have to be persistent. Not just, here we go, I did my little duty. Some things take time. We ought to do it at all hours. That's what this man was doing. Do it in all situation. What is the point? Get yourself a prayer list and stick with it. You know, the hardest thing for a Christian to do is to pray. And the easiest thing for a Christian to quit is praying. Because it's just you and God. And so let's make sure that we follow Jesus' example there. Let's be persistent. And then Jesus offered, fourthly, he shared a promise of prayer. Look at verse 9. He said, And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. You're going to get an answer. It may not be the answer you want. You're getting one. Okay? It's not like, uh, remember years ago, I, we moved to Florida, and I thought I had taken care of this ticket, and um, I, had a, I got a ticket in Chicago, and I, I thought I had taken care of it, and um, there was some mix-up, so I moved to Florida, and I got pulled over, and they said, you got a suspended license. I'm like, okay, that's a problem. He's like, he says, I should take you to jail, but I'm, I'll take your license. So I had to call up to Illinois and get the thing settled. It took me weeks. I didn't drive for three months. Every time I called, someone would answer the phone for the first few days. Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, hold on, let me get with you. And they'd hang up. They did that, I mean, they did it like over and over. Not just hold, like, okay, click. I'm like, I'm not getting an answer here. You know, God's not doing that to us. God's hearing everything we say. And if we're sincere and we come to God, he's hearing us. God responds to our prayer. That is his promise. But he cannot respond to a prayer that we do not pray. What did James 4.2 say? You have not because you ask not. You ever like, you know, uh, the, the, we believe in the principle around here, go to no. If you don't ask for something, the answer is no. Right? Hey, you, can you, hey, can you come to activity? Oh, I, I can't. Have you asked your parent? No. Like, okay, well, the answer's already no, so go ask them. If they say no, you're already there. So just go ask them. We're just afraid to ask. But he wants us to ask. John 16, verse 23 and 24, he says, And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever, whosoever ye shall ask, shall ask the Father in my, whatsoever, I'm sorry, ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. He says, you're not even asking me. Ask, and ye shall receive. God wants us to ask. Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. If we don't ask, we don't receive. If we don't seek, we don't find. Told you before, I haven't done it in a while. I probably need to do it again, but the kids are catching on. The grandkids want to play hide-and-seek. I'm like, all right, I'll be here in the room. I'll count to 100, and you guys go hide. And I said, but hide really good. Like, okay, Grandpa. And I'm like, one, two, three, and they all leave. I quit counting at 10. And I never leave the room to go looking. About five or 10 minutes later, they come walking in. I'm sitting where I was before, and they're like, Grandpa, you're not looking. 
Like, well, I knew you, you hit someone really good. I was never going to find you anyhow. Just my way of getting them out of it for a few minutes. Pray for me. But no seeking, no finding. No knocking, no opening. We talked about not giving up in prayer. We've all heard of George Mueller. George Mueller is known for one thing, praying. He had an orphanage, and he, wouldn't, he, wouldn't, he didn't have regular supporters. He said, I'm just praying, and God will provide. And you know what? There's so many stories of God doing miraculous things. Here's one. He had five men on his prayer list that he was praying for that they would be saved. Five men. Here's what he said. This is his quote. He said, in November 1844, I began to pray for the conversion of five individuals. I prayed every day without a single intermission. Whether I was sick or in health, on the land or the sea, or whatsoever the pressures of my engagements might be. Eighteen months elapsed before the first of the five was converted. I thanked God and prayed on for the others. Five years elapsed, and then the second was converted. I thank God for the second and prayed for the other three. Day by day, I continued for them. And six more years passed before the third was converted. I thank God for the three and went on praying for the other two. He says, these two men remain unconverted. 36 years later, he wrote that the other two, uh, they were sons of one of his friends, were still not converted. It's 36 years after these others got saved. He said, but I hope in God and pray on and look for the answer. They are not converted yet, but they will be. In 1897, 52 years after he began to pray daily for these men, the final two got saved. But you do realize when those two got saved, he was already dead. But he prayed every day of his life for these men. He didn't give up. Sometimes we just want to like, God, oh, you know, okay, and this one thing, and we give up so easy. And God wants to say, how, per, how much do you want it? How persistent are you willing to be? And then lastly, Jesus shared a principle of prayer. Look at verse 11. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father. Okay, your son comes up and says, hey, can I get something to eat? Will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish. Now, I don't know why anybody would want to eat fish. I'm sorry. Will he give him, will he for a fish give him a serpent? No, we wouldn't do that. Or if he asks an egg, I'll eat an egg. Will he offer him a scorpion? Now here's the principle. If ye then being evil, compared to God, okay? If ye then being evil, fleshly, we're sinful people, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? You know what the principle is? He's talking about the Spirit of God. I get that. But the principle in, that is in there is that he's your father. None of us, if we're good fathers, none of us would give, not give our kids something they really need. We would not mistreat them in that way. In the same way, God won't do that. If you're a good father, can you not fathom that God is a better father than you and I could ever be? And God loves us more than even we love our own children. And when we pray, God's not going to do us wrong. God's not going to give us something that's not good for us. I mean, hey, I'm hungry. Eat this rock. Now, it'd be one thing if he gave us broccoli instead of bread. Okay, I like broccoli. Um, eggplant. I don't like eggplant. 
Okay, might as well serve it with chicken. I'm not eating either. I mean, fish. No, he gave them something that's inedible. We wouldn't do that. God's not going to mistreat you. Do, why could we not trust God enough that he will do the right thing so we will go to prayer? That's where faith and trust comes in. Think about it this way. God is good to us. Can we all agree on that? He wants what is best for us. Can we not agree for that? He, wa he wants to know what our needs are, so we tell him. And he wants to meet our needs. And not only that, in the context of the Spirit, he wants to be with us. So how can we not trust that God's going to give us what we need? Because he will. But he doesn't respond if we don't go to him and ask what he needs. What's the point tonight? Prayer is our greatest weapon. But it is also our greatest weakness. And all of you could attest to that. It's the easiest thing to neglect. And I don't know why, but it's one of the hardest things to do. You know, you get down on your knees and start praying, and all of a sudden, all these random thoughts start coming your way. How many of you know I'm talking about? You ladies are sitting there. Here's what I got to do today. And you're sitting there, and you start, it's like, Lord, I'm sorry. Well, I'm, you know, I wouldn't do that if I was talking to my wife. Well, I don't get to talk. I listen. But, um, I, you know, you're talking to your wife, and you start wandering off about something that has nothing to do with what you're talking about. You say, that's rude. It's so easy to do that with God. It's so easy to lose focus. But the point is, we have to do it. Jesus said in John 15, 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. God wants to bear fruit in our life. We preached on that. But then he says, for without me, ye can do nothing. I know people that have done a lot without God, but it has zero spiritual uh, value. If we're going to do something of spiritual value, we can't do it without God. And then two verses later, he kind of keys us into one of the things that will help us. Verse 7, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. That's prayer. By the way, one of the things that pushes us towards prayer is when we are in our Bibles. So here's the point. We'll pray this week for the building, but... It's not just about praying tonight. It's not, not just about praying for the building this week. Prayer is just a foundational aspect of our lives. And it is so easy to get away from. It is so easy to ne neglect when it's the, the, the greatest thing that we have with God. He speaks to us and we listen to what he says and we do what he says. We need to speak to him and tell him what we need so that he'll respond. I wonder how much that we miss out on because we simply don't go to him. And God's like, I had it for you. It was right here. I didn't answer. I'm your father. I love you, but you didn't ask, so I couldn't give it to you. Let's just make sure that we spend time with him, not just in our Bibles, but let's make sure we spend time with him in prayer. Let's stand together tonight, please. Thank you for listening. If we can bow our head and close our eyes just for a minute. I want you to join us this week as we go to prayer, for sure. But more than that, I want you and me to make prayer the priority in our life.
You have a family, you need to pray for them. You have spiritual needs in your life, you need to pray for them. You need to take that little outline Jesus gave us. and We need to make that a part of our life. We're asking him daily for the things that we need. Even at times when we feel we don't need them, God wants to respond to our prayer, but he can't unless we pray. Maybe that's the struggle in your life. I've used the illustration before. Think of a bird. A bird has two wings. If the bird only has one wing, it's probably going to spiral and go head towards the ground. It can't stay up with two, without two wings. We have two wings also. One of them is the Bible, but the other is prayer. And I think some of us are going to crash and burn because we're struggling with prayer. And God says, why? I'm your father. I want to hear from you. I want to answer your prayer. I want to show you what I can do. The piano's going to play. If God spoke to you, why don't you come? Prayer is one of those things like parenting that no one's an expert. We hear about all these different men and some of these men that were great in prayer. Sometimes we look at their lives and we wonder, man, am I even saved? But we're not to compare with other men. God's our Father. God wants to talk to you and He wants you to talk to Him.